so this has been a very big week for Star Trek. We got some uh, news. We've gotten, uh, I think since we last recorded, we've gotten a multitude of trailers for the upcoming Strange New Worlds. We got some news on the upcoming third season of Star Trek Picard and the 4K Star Trek The Motion Picture dropped yesterday on Paramount+. Plus. That's right. an addition to all of this, to Fly Me to the Moon, this episode of Picard we're going to be discussing. So Yes, it's yeah. all very exciting. I yeah. do still question the publicity plan of the people at Star Trek, though, because it yeah. just seems odd we get, a, we get a leak from season two of a show that has not aired season one, and then we get a trailer for season three of a show that's, yeah. what, about not even halfway through season I think- the first thing you're referring to, which of course is the Kirk leak on Strange New Worlds, I think that was sort of damage control because it had leaked via TikTok and they were just like, all right, well, might as well announce it. But at the same time, we didn't know who that was. We didn't know that that was Kirk. You didn't have to say who it was. Right. It could yeah. have just been any random commander. Right. Exactly. Yeah. But whatever. But what I wanted to discuss, so we have not... I've we have not watched the motion picture 4K yet. I watched some of it yesterday, but I couldn't. I, I stuff I had to do. I couldn't finish watching it. Um, but we've gotten a lot of stuff on Strange New Worlds, and we've gotten all of these really interesting character promos, and then we finally got a series trailer the other day. So I'm gonna kind of throw it over to you, if I may, for the for a moment. What did you think? How are you feeling about Strange New Worlds now that we've seen quite a bit from it already? I think it looks it looks great. It really does look like <clears throat> they will be <clears throat> treating it as an actual sequel to the original series in that... Prequel, you mean? No. I mean sequel. Well, it takes place before, but... Right, right, right. But I mean sequel as in... A show that comes after it that is just doing more of what it did. Right. Right. So it's um, sequel in a mindset where it's, mm-hmm. you know, like sequels used to be, where it was like, I want it because I want to see more of the same thing. Yeah. And I'm sure it won't be the same, but they are at least not doing well. <clears throat> they are embracing some of the things that had sort of been mm-hmm. ignored about Star Trek in its reincarnations right like you we don't know the context of course but like you know for instance we're on what looks like an alien planet we see people with swords and shields and bows and arrows and i was thinking to myself like those are the types of alien worlds you would see on the original series and i like that the show is not if and assuming that's what that is i like that the show is not afraid to go back to that right right and of course you know and why did they do that originally? Well, because they had all those props laying right. around. And but when, who cares? That, right. That's what they did, and that made up what Star Trek was. So right. why not embrace it? Right. And, and you know, when you think about the Twilight Zone as well, like from that time, like that was sort of, that was sort of the kind of science fiction that was shown. And probably for the same reason, right? They just had you know, props lying around and whatever they had, you know, if the Outer Limits had something, so they were just using it in in some sort of science fiction-y context. But um, because the Next Generation era of shows were the ones that were quick to just get away from all of that because now they had the budget to really up the game and take it all a step further. 
So they were well, trying. See, that was my first yeah. thought too. But then you think about the first season, and there were some episodes that, yeah, unfortunately, right, seemed like they could have come out of the original. But, but it seemed like they never did it well. Like the thinking of right. the well, I yeah. think with the original series, though, I mean, you saw a lot of variations of the same type of whether it's like some omnipotent godlike being or a civilization that, like, you know, you had planets where they had people where they had nazis then gangs of chicago like even though i mean we're not talking they're not the same thing but it was a sort of similar in concept right um and you couldn't help but wonder when you got to those other shows later like what happened where are those planets where are they why are they never on any planet that looks like a weird mock-up of a yes specific decade or or and and worth history and we always appreciate how lower decks is more than happy to to revisit those planets which is great because they do it in a very funny way but i like that strange new world does not i like that strange new world seems to be operating like yeah like no kirk was not the only captain who encountered this sort of stuff we did too (laughs) pike did too and you start to think people would stop believing them after a while. Say, right. You guys, why are you the only ones that see this really weird shit out there? I wish I had it. The, I found this, um, it was a great meme one time where like it was a bunch of Starfleet admirals laughing at Kirk's logs from the original series. And like, you know, he mentions things like, oh, we saw Apollo. We saw Abraham Lincoln. We saw, <laughs> you know, and they're like, what is he doing? What is, is this happening to anybody else? Right. Yeah, they must um, think that hallucinogens got into the... Yeah, you know. yeah, yeah. But here's what I took away from that Strange New World. I took... Trail, like, the, here's the big thing that I took away from it. I took away many things, but this is the big This is the big thing. You know, you look at Discovery, you look at Picard, you look at Lower Decks, you look at Prodigy, and they all take the Star Trek concept and try to do something a little different with it. Um, and succeed in their own ways I, I say that I'm not I'm, I'll just leave it at that but sometimes when you look at but then when you look at Strange New Worlds and you look at this trailer for Strange New Worlds and I said this to you the other day I said you know it's just nice to get back onto a starship and just go back to that tried and true Star Trek premise where you're just on a starship exploring space on a weekly episodic format and it's just a big fun adventure. Like this the 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 trailer didn't take itself seriously. It was just it's a show that looks like it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, I think so. And it and it's you know, there's the same feeling we got in the first episode, I believe it was the or second episode of Picard when we Yeah um saw the bridge of the Stargazer. Yes, on and the we yeah. heard the Star Trek theme on a bridge and people yes. were just doing bridge stuff and it yeah. was so good so to be able to see that week after week well and that's and it's weird because and it's it was this trailer it was this trailer that made me realize that um and this is not meant to be like a negative criticism but discovery and picard there's shows that just really take themselves very seriously and they're very serious like drama driven shows and this is there's not a lot of humor in those shows there's some but not that much and I think, yeah, and it has some pretty okay humor, especially with just you know character humor. Right, right. But at, I think at their core, they're just very serious shows. 
right? They just, they, they, they take themselves very seriously. I would say in some cases too seriously. That's more, mm. that's more of a discovery criticism. But Strange New Worlds, the vibe I get from this trailer, like when I came out of the 2009 Abrams film, I just had a great time with it. It was so much fun. I really, really enjoyed it. And I thought to myself, this is, if a series was going to follow this movie, this is the vibe I'd want to, I'd want to be having with this new show. And that's what I'm getting with Strange New Worlds on this trailer. Like it's, it's, it's giving me that same feeling I had of just, again, pure fun and excitement after I came out of the Abrams film. Because I just enjoyed watching it. I just enjoyed the ride. And that's, that's the sense I get from, from this one. Yeah, it, it really does look like that. And, you know, we'll have to see what the stories are. Right. I mean, that's the, that's the big thing. reason to be excited. Now, yes. another reason to be excited for many people is the next season of the show we were about to review. Right. Right. Um, well, this was unveiled on First Contact Day, which was yesterday as of this recording. So, but, you know, generally they've done they use first contact day to show to do panels with the cast and everything like that like they done on star trek day um but this so they released but they didn't do that and they released that and they re they also released the motion picture that day but that was that's all we got and i was not expecting what we got so uh why don't you go ahead and fill everybody in so we got, so okay, so let me first tell you how I saw it. I saw it on Reddit and I thought it was a fan made thing mm -hmm. because we got this sort of teaser for season three of Picard and we heard from, you know, the old crew. We heard from Crusher and Jordy and Worf and Riker. I didn't notice if we heard O'Brien. We did not hear O'Brien. We just heard the seven. I guess that makes sense. He's gone on to bigger yeah. and better. We've seen. We only heard from the seven regulars of the next generation. We didn't hear from Guinan. Well, we've already heard from Guinan, I guess. Right, but I mean, yeah. Um, and it seems like they're off on some adventure together. That's the impression that it gave, anyway. Yeah. So the, it seems to us. Well, not seems. It, it is the case because we saw the names on the screen but the entire cast of the next generation is going to be back for season three of Picard we don't obviously know in what context we just all we really saw was the only shot we saw was in addition to what it was Picard like writing in a journal and we saw Riker and then we saw Picard aiming a phaser at something mm. and then the TNG theme or the first contact theme more specifically, um, played with all the names of the cast and says they're joining the cast for season three, mm -hmm. which by all accounts is the final season of the show. They've already finished filming it. S no idea when it's coming out. And I, I mean, I can't even offer any speculation as to what it will be. And I, and I, I don't think, I don't think that this season is going to lead into it. Um, I mean, and I'm basing that off what happened between seasons one and two. Right. Well, I would not expect this season to lead into it, but maybe it will. But, right. I, but I have no theory on what this could, what this could be. No. no. But here's an interesting thing. 
that maybe this season will give some insight on. How can you have a show with, let's assume that we're going to see a significant amount of the original crew. Yep. How can you have a show with like 15 main cast? Yeah, I was thinking that because you're adding six people on top of how many people? Five, I think, on Picard? Five or six? Yeah, that would yeah. be a lot. Yeah, so I, mean, I wonder if we're gonna, some people will go their separate ways at the end of the season, or I guess all we can really do is wait and see. Well, yeah, I mean, is the entire TNG cast going to appear together? Is it one at a time? I mean, I, I'll say this. It's also not surprising because I think it would be crazy for anybody to assume that that cast was not going to appear on the show in three right. seasons of Picard. I mean, like this, I whatever this is, I mean, altogether, probably not. I figured we would have maybe seen them all individually. Me too. Right. Kind of like we did with Riker and Troy in the first season. Maybe it would be things like that. Yeah, I kind of thought we would get another one or two this season and then yeah. a couple more and that would cover everybody. Right. So, I don't know. The, the, the big question I saw, fans were worried that Worf was going to look like they were going to update his design to match the Klingons on Discovery. And the executive, the, executive, the, executive producer, the executive producer, like, addressed it on Twitter. He goes, no, Worf looks like Worf. Obviously. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's not Worf if it's not, you know, that's, yeah, not, a, right. that's not Worf, right. So, we already know it's all different kinds of Klingons. I think the biggest thing, right. the biggest question for me is, are we going to get an update on Jordy's uh, love life? That's obviously what we need to know. Well, you need to know that. I'm, I'm good not knowing that. I want to know, did, did he, um, was he the first hologram human marriage, maybe? You know, well, who knows? Maybe. Who knows? We'll find out. Um, Is he still having fake dates on the digital beach? Who knows? It, 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 the question I have, though, is that, because Brent Spine is going to be there as Data? That's stupid. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm asking the question because we saw how yeah what happened last dead. season but um but it, you know it yeah. seems to me that bringing the cast back it's just the the proper send-off i mean I, I, if they can give them sort of like the proper star trek six the undiscovered country like send-off that they should have had with nemesis then i'll be very happy there's only one appropriate end for this show mm. okay you ready um i don't know Okay, I don't think Yar. Yar? Like Tasha Yar? Uh, you gotta have Tasha Yar. And... Oh, oh, that's where you were actually going. Okay. No, no, no. no. What no. you need to have is Jolene Blaylock and Scott Bakula. Oh my god. And they're watching discs of Picard's life and they're in a holodeck. That's the only appropriate ending for this show. Right. To give, get a little, a little revenge. Well, in lower decks, Riker was. Uh, Wouldn't, it be great? Wouldn't it be great? It would be. <laughs> it would. I mean, here's the other thing, though. They can all appear on lower decks too, and lend a voice yeah. because you know. Um, Wait, let me ask you something. Was Will Wheaton? No. Listed. No. Thank God. <laughs> oh, I can't wait for that wait for that ready room. Um, <laughs> it will be very somber because he realized he didn't get the invite. <laughs> right, right, exactly. Uh, so yeah. I don't know. I mean, I 
it's Star Trek. It's pretty I think, good, I guess. I think it'll be great to see them all again. And I and I will say, there's always been. I've always felt like there's been a hole because they didn't get that proper send off like they should have in Nemesis. Because it wasn't clear at the time if Nemesis was going to be the last movie. It just turned out it ended up being the last movie. So they weren't able to kind of wrap it up. So I always kind of viewed all good things as like the proper send off for next gen and everything that came after that is just bonus. But right. if they can if they can do them justice and give them the send off that they so need, then um that's great. My the thing that I worry about though, and I tweeted this this morning, that again, you know, if this is the end of the show, I hope they continue it with the remaining cast and do something because you know what a big fan I am of Michelle Hurd as Raffi. I mean, she's one of the, in my opinion, one of the best things to happen to the entire franchise. Yeah, and I like Rios. Rios, I mean, there seems to be... I mean, I don't know about Girardi anymore. <laughs> well, there just... seems to be some sort of, like, suggestion by fans, like, can we get Rios on the Stargazer show kind of thing? Um, I mean, I would love to continue with those with those characters if in, in some in, you know in some way if they can do like a you know like a threes a crowd <laughs> bad example, but you know what I mean like a, like an arch can they do the Archie Bunker's place of uh, Valerie's family <laughs> of uh, Star Trek Picard? But um, uh, and, and the cool thing would be these so are shows that were on before I was born, by the way. If they're doing Strange New Worlds, yeah, as sort of as I say it, like a, a philosophical sequel to the original series you could do uh a stargazer show as sort of the philosophical sequel to next generation where it could be similar format and story right. type yeah How great would that be it so would. you have two shows in the style of right and i mean two most beloved series i'll say controversially and you and i said that we thought the design of the stargazer inside like yes that looks like next generation 30 years later like that's yeah um, and you know, you don't, but the thing is you don't have to bring everybody, right? You don't have to bring seven of nine. You don't have to bring, um, no. Girardi. I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't. She do Fenris Ranger stuff. Yeah. And she comes over yeah, there. Yeah. We, we see Fenris Rangers. Yeah. You see her occasionally. Um, but like, you know, give me Rios, give me Rafi as his first officer and give me Elnor as the new cadet or their new ensign. Yeah. That, that's a. That's a good show in there. Already in the science officer, if she stops ruining everything. Yeah, I mean that that that's a show in there that I would that I would really enjoy. I think so. Yeah, I just I don't want them to get. I'm I'm thinking about them. I don't want them to get left out in the cold. I don't want them to just be like, oh yeah, we're just the Picard team, and when he goes, we go. No, you guys, you guys are good enough to get your own show too, in my opinion. Agreed. Agreed. So that brings us to. Fly Me to the Moon, Episode 5, Season 2, 15th episode overall, directed by Jonathan Frakes, written by Cindy Appel, who wrote for MacGyver. They're really taking a lot of writers from MacGyver. Do you know who sang the song, Fly Me to the Moon? Uh, Probably every American vocalist. Sinatra. Yeah. 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 A lot yeah. of people refer to that song. But, but Europa is a moon of Jupiter. Europa. So, yep. Fly me to the moon. Mm. Europa moon, perhaps. This was a. So, 
you and I were saying before we started recording, we liked this one, didn't love it. I would say it was fine. I keep describing it as this is where the narrative is now moving into the next phase. It's shifting now. We're getting into the second half of the season now. And it introduced us to the remaining characters who we had yet to see. And we begin to see where this scene... We got a sense of where this now seems to be going. What of what the event is that is going to be altered. Which surprised me because I thought I knew what it was initially. Because my feeling was because they went to 2024... I thought they were actually going to get in the way of those of the event that we saw in DS9's past tense. Which right. That seems to just be a very minor thing. It was not as it was not it was I don't even say it wasn't as prevalent as I thought. It's just not prevalent at all. It's 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 been it's a background thing. There's no specific yeah. emphasis on the sanctuary districts or anything like that. Like they're there. They've been acknowledged, but like that's not that's not what the season is. And right. I kept saying yeah. to you, like, they chose that year for a reason. I can't imagine why they but Right. No, that's yeah, it's kind of a bummer. Um, yeah, I maybe my least favorite episode of the season so far. I think so too. Mine too. Yeah. Yeah. And but yeah, I'm still. This is like it. I mean, yeah. Um, I do have. I have a hot take. Our least favorite season of Picard, a weak episode of Picard. Is still miles ahead of Discovery. Sorry. Anyway, go ahead. Hot take. Uh, there's my hot take. Yeah. And I have to preface this by, not that I think that anyone, I don't know, on the off chance that anyone watches other things. I was talking to my wife today and told her what I was thinking about the recent episode of Picard. And she said, that's pretty much exactly what they said at Red Letter Media. And I try, really? I didn't watch, I don't watch the Red Letter Media as much as I enjoy them. I don't watch their reviews of, anything that I'm podcasting till after. But mm. anyway, so with that caveat that I didn't watch it, uh, I don't know what they said. M my take here is, uh, and I've, I said this right from the beginning, I don't love the whole immigration piece of the story. You don't love it. I don't love it. And here, I think I figured out why. I don't love it because of its duration. I don't mind the duration. Well, here's what I don't like. So, one, like I think ICE is a group that oversteps its bounds and is cruel and inhumane and all those things. Yeah. However, right. I feel that it, the way that Star Trek would have dealt with things like this in the past is they would have somehow appealed to the humanity of the ICE agents and showed them what, what they were doing was wrong right. and had them make a realization that they should, you know, change their ways. And even if we think of the Deep Space Nine episode, we saw that the guard had that happen to him. The guard. Yeah, the yeah. Superior, that's a really. That's, right? a, that's, that's a really. people's minds. That is very things. astute. And in this, it was just ICE agents are evil. And that, that was it. That was the end of it. Yep. So it didn't, didn't say anything. It didn't. It just, they're evil. And, and that's, that's it. Um, yeah. I, I like that you bring up that from Deep Space Nine because Cisco was very impassioned about that to the uh, to Vin, the sanctuary guard, about that. Yeah, and, so everybody uh, kept stopping me from doing anything bad to the to the guards. So yeah, he was protecting them in a way, and he won them over through his. Um, but I like that, you know, 
I mean, and the change is not that guy. We didn't have that change because of that guy, but it just got him to think about it, right? Like when Cisco even says to him, or the guard says to Cisco, like, what do you want me to say? That, I'm, that I feel for these people, that I, you know. And Cisco's like, because he knows, like, that's not going to change anything. And, and all Cisco says was, well, it would be a start. Yeah. Yeah. And then we see him, he goes outside, and I forget what, exactly what he does, but he does something that shows that he has changed his mind. Right. Um, so there was no mind change. The guards later help Cisco. Is what they do. They kind of yeah, that's yeah, right. that's yeah, yeah. So, and then the other thing is that even though I, I personally do believe that ICE is a group that oversteps its bounds and is inhumane, I gotta believe that sometimes they are dealing with people that do deserve to be right. arrested, be they criminals or something, committed right. some kind of crime. So the fact that they they save Rios from the bus and then just let everyone go. Right. Without. Yeah, like it's sort oh, of, you, you know, you, you know, can appeal to the gods' nature by saying, like, you know, I'm not, I'm just a, you know, I'm just a doctor. I'm trying to help people. Or I'm just, it's sort of like realizing, like, I'm not the person you think I am. I'm just. Right. Right. And then they could have said, like, in all these people, and they could have, like, told all their stories and how they were all there for reasons that were illegitimate. Like in past when, tense. Right. When. <laughs> In, instead, it was just they're evil, and so we're going to free everybody on this bus because they've all they all deserve. To I think to I think you're right, but I also think that that's not what the episode is about. But I still and think that that's it. no. You're but what I what I'm saying is like even though that's not what the episode is about, I still think there was room for that. You know, yeah. maybe maybe not as heavy. But I still think there was room for that. I still think that you could have done something with that. Yeah. I think so. I think so. And instead, I think it was it was yeah, it was just kind of cheap and didn't didn't really go anywhere. Deep Space Nine's. I mean, it was the that was the that was the crux of the whole message of the episode, right? Yeah. That that was them having to ensure that it, this has to happen because that's what hap that's that so history can go on uninterrupted. Yeah. Um, but no, I mean, I agree. I still yeah, think that you could have. They could have. They yeah. could have convinced them that this was the wrong thing to do. I mean, it, it, of course, that seems silly that you could actually convince uh, a border or. Uh, I, yeah, like if they, had, if they, where the guard just, where the guard is the one that decides to let them go. Yeah. Rather than them having to beat up the guard to get them out. Yeah, I, I, I yeah, I just, yeah, oh, totally, I hundred percent agree. So that's my hot take. That's, that's why I think that story bugged me because it didn't really do what I would like to see Star Trek do, which is, you know, and then by making the case to that guard, you're also making the case to any viewers that are uh, right. have the same point of view as the guard. I, I think it's more of a shame because you, we saw that they could have done something and they didn't. Like, it was right there in front of you. You could have done it. But yes. you decided not to. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, and yeah, the message was very overly simplistic, and also it's just fodder for the people that are going to say, you know, this is just a liberal fantasy world. Although I do think it is keeping with the ideals of it. I just think that it wasn't its usual uh, effectiveness. I mean, nevertheless, I'm I'm hoping that storyline is done with. I yes. I think because I don't think that it served any purpose other than to do than to speak of the of the situation in the real world. Um, 
it only seemed to exist for that reason when it didn't you know make like is that doctor that rios met in the first episode in the second episode i mean is she going to come back at some point i mean because i thought right. that might have been setting up setting her up to be you know like is she that like in star trek 4 is she that person from this time who's going to help them right like yeah. the scientist in star trek 4 like is that who this person that's who i thought this person was setting up to be i mean maybe that could still be the case we still have five episodes to go i don't know but she kind of was let go and that was that right so yeah because usually when because that's always been the thing coming back when trek has come back to modern times right they always have that one person from the day who is helping them that's and the true, and yeah. the trek crew has to kind of lie about who they are right Until but they always they reveal it at some point exactly exactly right that's so we have not seen that here um but that i mean yeah so at the end of it i think that if you didn't if you already thought that well i mean I, I don't need star trek picard to tell me that our immigration system is is a mess so Right. If you already believe that the immigration system is a mess and ISIL oversteps its bounds, then you you already knew that. And if right. you think that the immigration system is great and ICE is doing a good job, then you're just pissed off that they made them into villains. So it seems yeah. like nobody really gets much out of it. We did so it's so where we are with this episode, I have to toot my own horn because I was right. Oh yes. One of Picard's ancestors. Is, so we find out what the event is and that does or doesn't happen, which ensures which future takes place. And in this case, it's Picard's distant ancestor, distant relative, Rene Picard, who his nephew is later, later named after, I assume. Um, she is going to be flying the first mission to Europa, which is all the Europa signage we've seen all throughout the season. Mm -hmm. And... If she doesn't, that's going to set them down the path of uh, the Confederation. Now, because she doesn't take back some sort of microscopic life form that she believes is sentient, seems to be right. the reason, which is interesting. Right. So, but what's what I what what's strange is so Q is here to obviously change change everything, but we find out that he's lost the ability to. He seems to have lost his powers. And so now he has to, like, do something different. Now he has to actually talk and convince people to ensure that the Confederation future does take place. Because mm -hmm. so, we see him playing her therapist. Then we, see yeah. him, then we see him talking to another character who we will get to in a moment. So he's, he's now having to insinuate himself in these situations, powerless, and use alternative methods to convince them to to convince these people to not do what they're supposed to do to ensure that the Federation happens rather than the Confederation happens. So Right. Yeah. I, I found his um caricatured um Sigmund Freud, Sigmund Freud. very funny. Yeah. <laughs> that was the therapist. I mean it was obvious to me it was him right away. I could, you can just the voice oh, the oh. voice is um is unmistakable. But we also learned we didn't get a confirmation of it, but so we learned that um I forget the name. The Lar Laris, I'm just going to call her Laris, even though it's not her. She's in this century to protect Rene Picard. Picard spec Jean-Luc Picard speculates that she 
is from the same she's on the same team as it was in a way i guess that gary seven was in the original series now we don't get a confirmation we don't get a confirmation of that she kind of it, it's a little ambiguous but i mean i think the language she's speaking is pretty much the same that he did mm -hmm. so um i mean okay i mean a i went back and watched that episode yeah man that was supposed to be a backdoor pilot man it was so i'm not surprised that didn't get picked up yeah that was not good it was an interesting creative decision i mean you could have you could have done one of the time agents from enterprise right you could have done the temporal police that we saw on voyager right yeah so but they does went with oh, sorry i'm gonna go discovery for a minute but does it seem like Kovitch should be one of them be just because he wears a also a 20th century suit and tie just like that guy yeah but Maybe that's a diversion. Diversion. We won't learn about that until season eight. So, but Picard spends a lot of his time. Picard's thread in this episode is is talking to her, because now Picard has to tell her who he is and where he's from and why he's here. And that's where he learns that it's Renee Picard, and we find out she's depressed, and she may back out of this mission and they now have to ensure that she goes on this mission. So interesting. Um, I think it's, I find it to be a very lightweight in terms of, I think it's cause like so much rests on that tiny little moment. I, I guess I thought maybe it would have been something bigger, but okay. <laughs> that one little yeah, change. Yeah. yeah does seem a little it does seem a little uh anticlimactic yeah i mean i don't know what i was expecting i didn't really have any theories other than the bell rides thing i said but yeah, something gonna, but that would just be not bringing back a microbe right and like i said the bell riots thing i mean that would have just been using the same problem from that ds9 episode and bringing it over here ds9 had the same issue if, if it doesn't happen this is going to happen so right. you would have just been transferring that you know, dramatic hook into Picard, which wouldn't have been that great. I hope that there's more to this. And I, I think there's got to be, because we're only halfway through, and the right. way the show's been cruising right along, I could see this taking two more episodes at the most to convince her to go. Right. Yeah, it's... I mean, don't forget. I mean, in the first episode of the season, we get some glimpses of Picard's childhood... I did mention that in Star Trek Nemesis, um, Picard did mention that he was the first one to leave, of his family to leave the solar system. So. Solar system. We're, yeah. Earth is still solar system. Solar system would extend to. Earth's, know, Earth's solar system. Pluto. Yeah. I guess. So Pluto. we're. I mean, the I guess Pluto's still there. It's just not, they just don't call it a planet. But this clearly feeds into. Picard's family history uh, and where we're going with that and just what an important contribution to Earth's history the Picard bloodline made and this one little change is what sends them spiraling into the Confederation 
Eventually, yes. Eventually, yes. Well, I assume this affects first contact somehow. Well, it's interesting because we're in 2024. They talk about the importance of them going to Europa and finding a microbe, a sentient microbe, you said. Yeah. But World War Three is yet to happen. First contact with the Vulcans is yet to happen. Right. So I guess maybe it opens up the possibility that for humanity that they may not be alone. And then they finally get confirmation of that when the Vulcans arrive in 2063. Mm. So maybe the ice has been broken. So maybe. It may be kind of like... So maybe it's not that, oh, we're not alone in the universe. It maybe just sort of opens them up to new sort of scientific ideas that they thought yeah. weren't possible before. Right. I hope it's not that it, the microbe like infects humans and becomes like part of their DNA and changes them. So they can right. Them. Hope it's not that. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So yeah, that's. I mean, that's that story, and I think that's. I don't know anything else to say about it. Yeah. I mean, it is. We just learned that's what it is, and they now have to follow her to a gala to ensure that she is happy, I guess. I just, just to ensure that nothing yeah. happens that makes her back out. Yeah, well, because you also have the now impending threat in one of the Soongs, because so, so yes, Brent Spiner is back as one of his other Soong Right, so that's the relatives. other piece. Right, and he has a sick daughter who looks very much like Soji. Uh -huh. And he's desperately trying to find a cure for her, for her mm. condition. She can't be exposed she can't be exposed to the sun just to stay inside. And it's interesting because it, it's it's feeding into what he's doing with genetics and those sorts of things. I mean, it's feeding into his later ancestor, future ancestor. Mm-hmm. Can I say that? Future ancestor? Yeah, you just yeah. did. Um, well, no, I didn't know if that was a... I always, for some reason, thought ancestor was backwards. Um, meant for the people who came before, but I guess not. Um, it feeds into the, the future ancestor that we see, Eric Soong on Enterprise, who's messing with genetics and the people from the eugenics wars. Yeah. So it's in that same vein of... That same line of work in some way. And, and of course, Obi and the other one later. Yeah, I mean, what's so and 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 soon, soon is now going to be is, is being set up to be the obstacle for Picard because Q and don't forget we have another big obstacle too that's been set up. This episode. Q has enlisted him to help because he can't do anything at the snap of his fingers anymore. Yes. So. Why? He's a geneticist. Why is he a geneticist? No, why do we need? Why does Q needed him? Yeah, that's what I'm not clear on yet. Yeah. So, I don't know. Is he it? Or would need yeah someone to make uh, Renee more depressed? Yeah, can he like inject her with a depression <laughs> thing or something? I don't know. Is it just is it the connections that he has? Maybe I I don't know. Is he is he like a well connected geneticist or something? 
Yeah, who who knows? But he's got him now. Yeah. And you know, this story I didn't love it. No. It's it's it's, it's, it's ambiguous right now is what it is. It's very yeah, ambiguous. Yeah. Get Briones into the show, I guess. Yeah. But it just it uh it felt like a B story from a lesser Spider-Man movie. It's the best way for me to say it. I mean, it was a B story that was just ex- just explicitly set up for him to be the obstacle, right? I mean, is the fact that he's a geneticist and helping his daughter, like, does that... Is that part of that story going to matter next week? Is that going to matter for the rest of the season? Is it about that, or is it just about... You know what I mean? Got to believe it matters in some way that we'll find out. Yeah. But essentially, we've we've had two obstacles put in front of our heroes. Um, Yep. Gerardi. Yep. And uh, Sloan. Right. Right, because... So the other thing we haven't mentioned is that the the Borg Queen calls the police. (laughs) (laughs) Very good friend. By the Borg Queen. Which was... I, the, idea, the idea of that is just very funny to me. Yeah. yeah. But it yeah. was... It also made sense, though, that she, like, noticed the cell signals and just like, oh, okay, I can... Yeah. So it makes sense. If she could tap into any sort of an information connection right. that she'd be able to figure something out. Right. And uh, yeah, it was pretty good. And so, again, the idea of just having the Borg Queen calling the police just I don't know it just tickles me in some way for some reason um, yeah. she lures a French policeman to the cloaked the nicotine addiction or the semi-cloaked La Serena uh, but she also stupidly oh no not stupidly then she wakes up Girardi who is asleep in the abandoned Picard uh, vineyard Picard yeah she comes in with a shotgun. Chateau. Chat, thank you. I couldn't think of the word. And the Borg do not do well against bullets, as demonstrated no, in first contact. Skull. Yeah. And she not like she could do her, you know, right. shield or whatever they would normally do. Right. So now that and she she blew away the police officer and the Borg queen, and now they're now they're kind of stuck there because if we were if you all remember the Borg Queen is how they calculated the exact trajectory to get them back in time right. in the first place. But we find the Borg Queen is not gone. Yeah. The Borg Queen is in Gerardi now. Right. At least it's got a few nanoprobes in there. Or something like, anyway, yeah. I mean what, what do, you, do you have a hot take on this whole Gerardi Borg Queen thing? I, I don't it's fun to watch. I, I, I just don't really know if I get it uh, i think it, i just kind of my feeling was where is like, this going yeah yeah my feeling was kind of did we do this last season wasn't gerardi the sleeper last season yes yeah that's exactly that was right. my feeling. so it just I, yes it she murdered little... maddox and then she got the clear for that yes yeah so yeah. she was essentially because she got some information that was bad and that made her act against the crew and now it's like oh she got infected so once again she's going to act against the crew right but she's i also but i also think that everything they do here personally is not circum is not is not not going to have any ramifications because if they repair the timeline it's going to be as if it never happened sure but now you have yeah. a critical member of the team who is secretly 
part at least partially being controlled by the Borg Queen, so right. it could undermine everything. Yeah, I, I I feel like this is going to be a threat that comes in at a very critical point. Yes, everything starts going well. Right, and then, and then she's going to be kind of like that obstacle. Yeah, and I, I don't love the idea. I I would love it more if it was more clear to me. Um, before, like, I liked it. It was fun to watch before when it was just like that it was fun to watch because I liked watching the Borg Queen being almost helpless, and all she has is her sort of manipulative nature about her. But you could, she was sort of powerless. And I liked her sort of being, you know, kind of tied up to the ship and having a conversation with Gerardi and trying to taunt her and stuff like that. And Gerardi, but Gerardi always has, seemed to have, seems to have the upper hand with her, and I, and I enjoy it. And just the idea of the Borg Queen being out of her element, right? Yeah. But I don't know, I don't know where we're heading with this, and I just I want to see... It's, it's evolving. It's going to an odd place for me. Yeah, uh, I just and I. It's a real. It would be a real bummer if the Borg Queen's talk of like you're so lonely, I can make you not lonely. If that works at all, then I think that's a real bummer. Yeah, because it just seems so. It it, it makes you wonder, like, well, Gerardi, you seem to be easily manipulated. Yes, exactly. Like that seems very, very weak. Yeah. To fall for that. I mean, to be fair, she has nano. She has. I, she doesn't have. I don't now think she's she, not a symbol. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So she's got. It's sort of beyond her control, right? Um. But yeah, I don't. I don't. I don't know. Um. Yeah. It's again. It's 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 gone to a very weird place for me. So, they've they've definitely upped the ante as far as introducing all these new things, new characters, new obstacles. And now I just hope that they manage to stick the landing. Yeah. There's I don't a lot doubt of that they will. I just don't, I think I just don't see the relation between these things yet. Right. And I just, I don't know. I think that I, I guess it's like, I'm sort of projecting ahead for how the Gerardi thing's going to play out. Yeah. And I feel like, I don't know, I'm already pre kind of bored with that storyline, which is not a good way to be. I mean, let it play out. Yeah. But I don't, I'm not that excited about that storyline. It seems like it's going to, it seems a little predictable. I think I know what's going to happen, you know? What do you think is going to happen? Well, there's going to be a time when she's going to be a critical part of the mission and she's not going to do it because she's either going to be taken over by the Borg Queen or. You know, in conflict with the Borg Queen, the Borg Queen will prevent her from doing something, and then eventually they will somehow, you know, probably Picard will talk her through it like he did in the ship before. Let me ask she'll push out the Borg Queen, and then it'll be like, okay. Let me ask you this. Yeah. In the first episode of the season. Yeah. On the Stargazer. Yeah. Remember the Borg attacked? And we saw the Queen, but she was covered? Yeah. Hooded or not hooded, but like you just didn't see her. Yeah. I mean do you see any possibility that that could be Girardi? Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. So maybe we lose Girardi completely. Hmm. Or Girardi gets like 
is in a you know early seven phase by the end of the season. Yeah, I I mean I hope we don't. Do you mean like okay. die, you hope we you hope she, like if they die, kill off her character? No, no, no. I hope that she's in an early the seven when they first got seven phase. She's been Borgified. And oh, I see what you mean. They have to kind of yeah. Yeah. Um, Kate Mulgrew shows up. This is my special day. It's definitely what they're doing is like they're definitely playing to Allison Pill's acting though because even before Picard, she oh she's always kind of played. Fairly often, she's played characters and other things that are that's a little that are a little out there. I have a little bit of a sort of psychotic um, edge or thing about them. So it's just kind of playing to her strengths as an actress. Um, they're playing. Yeah, I mean, it's. I'm not saying she has a limited range. I'm sure she can do more than that, but they seem to be playing to a certain type of acting that she's done. Yeah. 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 And continues yeah. to do. Kind of a bummer. Well, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I don't, I don't, we don't know. We don't know. We don't know what the deal is with all of this right now. So. Yeah. I mean, yeah. So there's a lot of, we see the two obstacles that are coming, certainly. Something to do with Sung, something to do with Gerardi, but mm. we're very much, um, don't know how it's going to come together. So that, that is kind of exciting. Right. Yeah. So other than that, though, a very short episode too. Really, that makes sense. Forty-one minutes was the episode duration. Yeah, it feels short. Yeah. Did you notice when Soong was making his plea to his donors? I think they were his donors. Leah Thompson was there. I did. Yeah. But here's the thing: I didn't get. Yeah. Is that his ex-wife or something? I don't know, but maybe it could be. Because he said, this is our children I'm talking about. Now, he could have meant our children like the world's children. I believe I the children I believe the children are our future. Yeah. <laughs> like that, them, yeah. Let them grow. Um, Whitney Houston, right? Yeah. Yeah. So that was weird. That was a strange line. Because I don't know why it would affect anyone else's children than his. Right. So. Maybe children who could be potentially born with this. Yeah, but genetic least defect. I don't, I don't know. know. Yeah. Anyway, not important. Um, not important. But I think I think if in, it's true, someone will tell us. I think in in conclusion, um, it it was. Uh, I I'm, I agree with you. I, I think it was a, the weakest episode this season so far. But uh, that I don't think that's really saying too much because I, I I very much felt like this was that transitional episode of moving us into the next part of the storyline so if there had been a mid-season break this would have been the, the first episode of the of, a, of the season coming back from the break i think okay yeah yeah that yeah. makes sense i can see that then being a um like a kind of like a plate setter for what's coming Abs- absolutely so, any uh, thoughts on where this could uh, where we where, where this could lead next week? No, not at all. Okay, nothing. Usually, nothing. I have something to say, but I really don't have anything. To say. No hot take. Great. So, so um, it's just so you know, 
Things with things were thrown up in the air, and then are they gonna? It's just seeing where they all land at this point for me. It's it, but that's it. Yeah. The last thing I'll mention before we close out, I talked about this a little bit at the top of the show. So, the 4K edition of Star Trek The Motion Picture, the 4K remastering of Star Trek The Motion Picture is now available on Paramount Plus. I sound like a commercial. And I began watching it yesterday. I watched, I think, like the first hour and 10 minutes or so. So, the first 70 minutes. Uh, it does look and sound fantastic. I think. Picture-wise, I mean, you know, there is some graininess at, you know, but um, in some places, but um, and there's some slightly sloppy work I saw. I'm gonna have to go to your place to watch it because I don't have 4K capabilities. Yeah, but <clears throat> like, there's a scene. It's right after Spock comes on board, and they're in that lounge behind the bridge. And it's Spock, Kirk, and McCoy just kind of catching up. And it's a scene where Kirk is telling Spock to sit down, if you remember mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. But behind them is a window, which has the view of space. Now, in the director's edition, originally what they did was they changed the view of that. And you could see, because originally it was just space. Mm-hmm. But in the original director's edition release from 2001, you could see one of the nacelles. Because that's where it is. It's on the back of the bridge, so that's what you would see. If that. So what they do is they change it again. I think back then you could only see one nacelle, so they kind of made it a little bit more accurate so you could see both nacelles. Because it's, it's on the bridge module in the center in the back. So that's if you were looking out that window. Yeah. Right. But um, now the original shot was most likely a green screen, which is odd because when they change it this time like they because William Shatner and DeForest Kelly are standing right in front of it and the cutout of them against that backdrop looks terrible like Um. it's like it's very very sloppy like it looks like a really like it looks like a novice photoshop job yeah yeah I mean there's only I think it's like 15 to 20 seconds in total but nevertheless I'm just like it was so noticeable on my TV I was like I saw it I was like oh Jesus that's yeah yeah I I didn't see any of of that anywhere else I mean if it just didn't jump out at me but it was just I think because it was just so it was so so noticeable but yeah, I mean the movie looks great. It sounds great. You know, my soundbar it sounds really, really good. I think that it definitely was a worthwhile endeavor. There's no doubt about that. I think this is. I mean, this is the best that movie is probably going to sound. Nice, and it yeah. does have quite a nice soundtrack. Oh my god! I mean. And Jerry Goldsmith was nominated for an Academy Award. I don't think he won it. He was nominated for an Academy Award for that soundtrack. Oh, yeah. the top uh, of that's, the, that's, the, that's the film that introduced the Star Trek theme that became the Next Generation theme. Yeah. That's where it originates from. I had a friend one time who had never seen the motion picture or any of the earlier Trek films. It was only purely a Next Gen fan. Yeah. And he watched the motion picture and he goes, why are they using the Next Gen theme? I go, no, no, no. They're not using the next gen theme. Next gen's using this theme. I said this came yeah. out eight years before the next generation yeah. did. Next gen wasn't right? even a gleam in Roddenberry's but, eye. But you know, 
I will say, and I don't, I, I think we did an episode on the motion picture a while back for the 40th anniversary. But you know, I gotta say, I, I think, I do enjoy that film. I, I, I really do because it, it does have that immaculate feeling about it. I mean, it's, it's Star Trek on the big uh, as a movie for the first time, and it really kind of modernizes in a weird way the world even though it takes place in the future like it just doesn't it does not have that vibe of the original show and that's and yet the story does which is what right I think, that's what i love about it right like it's and i don't even mind the 2001 kind of um imitation in a way right i mean i think that it like the Abrams Star Trek film did it it gave us Star Trek on a big budget what was then a big budget and for a modern audience at the time at the time I mean so yeah I mean I I just I think it's I enjoy I have to I have to you know obviously finish watching it um I'm gonna actually um you know cook up some popcorn pop some popcorn this weekend and watch it in its entirety. Well, I may have to uh, come by for that. But, um, yeah, from what I saw, I mean, I was very impressed with the work that was done, mostly. You know, aside from aside what from I told that. you. Yeah, I mean, you do notice some picture graininess at some point, at various points, which is to be expected. I mean, it is a 43-year-old movie. And it so, was shot on film. And it was shot on so, film, yeah. I like picture graininess, personally. I just like it. I think it has a certain charm to it, film grain. Well, it just, I mean, it's a symbol of the era that it was made, right? You don't have to make a, you know, a movie. A movie doesn't literally have to be timeless, right? You want to, you yeah. want it to show for the era that it was made. And and look, it still really, really holds up. I will, I mean... The Enterprise dry dock sequence has always been a favorite of mine. And it's still all this, all these years later, looks amazing. I mean, I would, I would put that up there with some of the best effects of the original Star Wars films, in all honesty, and say, "Come oh, on, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah." But if you're not mistaken, too, if you wanted to get rid of film grain, you'd probably have to use some sort of AI. Yeah, I mean, I think that. I mean, even the scene I described, I mean. I don't want to say they're lazy. I mean, it could be it could have been a budget thing. It could have been a time constraint thing. I mean, who knows, mm. right? So the best thing for some technical reason we don't understand. You can't fix everything, right? I mean, haters obviously point to that stuff like, "Oh, they're so lazy." Look at that. It's like you don't even know. Yeah, you don't know what went on behind. You don't the know. Yeah, you have no idea. Maybe they didn't have the maybe they didn't have the original green screen shot. Right. Yeah, maybe somebody, you know, lost maybe it, it degraded, you know, and they had well, we to. Something. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you, you don't fucking know. You don't know. So yeah. maybe they couldn't chroma key it properly. Who knows? But that's gonna do it. That's gonna do it. It's gonna do it. We've got five more episodes to review before we move on to the next series, which I am so happy to say, Star Trek: Strange New World. Four episodes to review, actually, because it because it starts in four weeks. Oh, right, the same night as... The same yeah. night as Picard. Yep. So there's four more episodes of Picard left, is that what we're saying? 
no, five. Five, four, four individual ones by themselves, and then the the tenth yeah. one is going to be okay. alongside. Five. That's good. They can do yeah. a lot in five episodes. Yeah, we're only halfway through. We're only halfway yeah. through. Um, so great, but I can't wait to. I'm very anxious to get to Strange New Worlds. Me too. Me too. Yeah, I think it'll be a nice return to form. So everybody who is listening obviously can reach out and follow us on Instagram at Star Trek We Trust in Star Trek We Trust podcast and on Twitter at Star Trek We Trust and. I should probably say this now. You can uh, follow us on Twitch since we now stream these recordings live every single week. Oh, We're yes. at twitch.tv slash in Star Trek we trust. We do this every week. The yes, day may change, but we do this every week. And, you know, join us. Contribute. You're all... And yeah, that's the thing. Anybody who may be watching us in Twitch, you're sitting in the chat, you're always all welcome to converse with us. We would love that. We got some of that. We got some of that interaction when we started doing this. Yeah, and you but, know, um, you might every week you might listen and just think like, man, this Ethan dude's such an idiot. I wish I could just tell him, and now you can. Yes, you can all correct any fake news that we may uh, accidentally <laughs> say. So. Yes. Thanks, everybody, and we'll uh, see you next week. <laughs>